podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the moment of the evening every K-State fan enjoys. Settle down and pour a whiskey, crack open a LaCroix. Please put your hands together and make a little noise for your favorite wildcatters, the handsome Bosco boys. Boom, the boys are back, and it is time for our most kind of consistent kind of anniversary show. I think this was the first kind of special concept show that we ever did. Uh, The first one was at Happy Bassett. Uh, Ever since then, we have not done it on a location. We are doing it live from the Topeka Homestead Studios. It is Dad Pod recording this the day before Father's Day, releasing it the day after Father's Day. So, to all the bonehead dads out there, I hope you had a great Father's Day. And to my dad, Kevin McFarland, one of the most recurring guests, made it on one of the Mount Rushmores of guests by one of the boneheads on the fifth year anniversary. Welcome back to the show. Happy early Father's Day. I'm glad we're getting to do this again. I believe this is the fifth version of Dad Pod. Um, did you ever think, I mean, you're you're approaching double digit appearances on a podcast. Did you ever think you would hit that sort of a life achievement? Hey, Scott, thanks for uh, having me and, and happy Father's Day. Uh, to all the boneheads out there. No, I did not expect to have this kind of a run on, on a podcast. And, uh, but it's more of a testament to you and the, the followers, your fans, and uh, the boneheads out, boneheads out there uh, that it's had this, uh, this much staying power. So, uh, but but it's, it's great to be with you once again. Yes, and, and this show is kind of, you know, o- over the years because we, we've done all the kind of generic, you know, K-State questions and all that type of stuff. It's, it's sort of turned into kind of a recap of the past year in sports um, through your eyes. And we'll, we'll get into it, but, but you know, and we'll ask the question, was this the best sports year ever for K-State or at least – uh, how you define it, but it was another fun one. Uh, we, we went to a lot of games together. Uh, we have the uh, traditional parking pass and football seats. We got back into Bramlage together quite a bit. Um, probably what, since what would have been the, the last Big 12 championship for uh, Bruce, probably the most games you attended in a year. How much fun was it, you know, going to live sporting events? Because that's always been a big, big part of our family, right. going to games in person, getting that atmosphere. How much fun was it seeing all these games this past year? Well, it was a lot of fun. And, of course, we had the, the pandemic period. Uh, and then that kind of carried over for another year where we didn't really go to as many live uh, sporting events. So it felt like this was back to, to you know, normal, if you will, uh, as far as attending live sporting events. So it was a lot of fun. I tell you, we'll get more into it, I think, when we talk about the basketball uh, season. But Bramlage was totally different this year. It felt like because it was full, uh, there was a there was a, a vibe going on in there. It was it was more what doom uh, was all about. 
Yeah, let, let's let's we'll, we'll get to basketball in a second. Let's start with football because mm-hmm. it was another Big Twelve championship season. It was the third uh, Big Twelve championship. We, along with Oklahoma, now have been the only three school or the only two schools to win a Big Twelve championship in the original North versus South in the round robin era, and now in the ten game. Uh, championship game era, uh, and hell, we, we, we should probably try to just win it this upcoming year so we can knock out the 14-team era, but uh, it was a, an amazing season. I, I think all the vibes were super high coming off of that Missouri game, but I, I want to start mm-hmm. asking about the Tulane game. Mm-hmm. Um, the, it was one of the more notable weeks on the podcast. I melted down relatively hard. The boneheads were melting down hard, but I did make a you know a prophetic statement saying this does nothing to affect the goal, which is making it to Arlington. Mm-hmm. But let's start with your mindset. Mm-hmm. Um, we were at that game. I mean, we stayed basically until the bitter end. We, we you know I think I got frustrated. I think when they picked up a first down, they're going to be able to ice it. I was like, nope, let's go. I've had enough. Mm-hmm. Um, what was that game like from your point of view, and where was your headspace at coming out of that Tulane game? Well, it, it was sobering, and um, I don't think we gave Tulane enough credit at that time. I think we felt like it could be a salty team because their coach, uh, what, Fritz? Yep, was Willie it? Fritz. Uh, he, he's a tremendous coach, and I, and I think we felt like he was going to have a, a good squad yeah. that year. S- sidebar, and, Willie Fritz, I, I – <laughs> And shout out, I think his name is Huge Cat on K-State Online. I want to give him a shout out. I don't know if he's going to listen to this episode, but in the lead up to that game, he was all about Willie Fritz, all about Willie Fritz. And I I pointed out that he has a losing record while at Tulane. Um, And he still does. Um, But it sounds like you'd be in his camp uh, calling him a tremendous coach because I I called him a losing coach. Uh, So I, I did. I, anytime Tulane or Willie Fritz gets brought up, I, I, I mention that story mm-hmm. uh, just to kind of poke fun a little bit at myself for mm-hmm. poo-pooing Willie Fritz so much. Yeah. Um, and he turned out to get that win and Cotton Bowl winning yeah. coach Willie Fritz. I think I was more of a believer based on the body of work for the last season. But uh, I did not expect to lose that game. I, I didn't. And I thought, well, it might be hard fought, but, you know, we're going to we're going to at least win it and it's one of those things just win it doesn't matter we don't need any style points just win it and go undefeated in the in the non-con after that game even even what you said uh leading up to the discussion of this topic i felt like that that was reflective of a team losing that game that we were not going to be able to compete for a big 12 championship i just felt like you know, that would be uh, demoralizing and the, the competition in the, in the conference would be such that, well, if we can't beat Tulane, there's probably three or four, maybe five games we won't be able to win in conference. And, uh, and that was, I grossly underestimated uh, the impact uh, or how good our team was. So. Definitely. So I, I, I remember leaving that game because I had already bought – tickets and hotel room and all that stuff to go to Norman that next weekend and us winning that game in the fashion we did as I'm walking back to my car and then instead of the 30 minute drive it should have been to go from Norman to Oklahoma City 
that town after a football game is just a mess. It took me two and a half, three hours to get back to Oklahoma City. Mm-hmm. I instantly thought, okay, you know, we just took care of business with uh, about as much ease as you can beating Oklahoma in Norman. I instantly thought, okay, game on. We can make it to Arlington. We can become Big 12 champions. Uh, when did that moment hit for you? When were you like, okay, you know, we can make it to Arlington. Maybe we can win the Big 12 this year. Well, it's funny how fortunes, uh, your fortunes change on a dime because when we won at Oklahoma, you kind of you kind of thought, well, okay, uh, you know, maybe that two-lane loss doesn't derail the season. And obviously it didn't because, like you said, our goals are still in front of us. Uh, a loss to Tulane doesn't disqualify you from winning the Big 12 championship. It really it doesn't. Uh, we won our first three Big 12 games. After the third uh, win, and that was... So it was Texas Tech, Tech right after that. Was it uh, Iowa State? Yes, Iowa State. But that And, and that was one... Just win, baby, right? Wasn't it like ten to nine or something? Yeah. Well, so so what's it, funny about that one is I I only got to see the final like nine minutes because I was at a wedding. Yeah. So I I, I didn't I, I went back and rewatched it, but I, I think the final score yeah I was at Iowa State was ten to nine. Yeah. So after you know Texas Tech, they ended up making it a little bit closer than it should have been late, but right. you know. Relative easy win, a high-profile win, coming off of those massive offensive performances. You go 10-9 to versus Iowa State, which maybe it should have been a little bit better with the Malik Knowles fumble right at the goal line. Right, but, right. I mean, it yeah. was it was a it was a nail-biting, nerve-wracking yeah. game. But at that point, you, you've won two conference games on the road. Um, you know, you're three and zero. At that point, I thought, you know, if you know, you start playing the game about, well, how many losses in conference will get you in? I mean, and, and that was kind of a common discussion on your podcast during those days. It was like, what, you know, what what's the Big 12 record to get you to Arlington? And at that point, with three in, in, in pocket already, I started to think, yeah, I think uh, we could still absorb a couple more losses and still make it. Yeah, and I think, and this goes back even to the Skylar Thompson days. On our show, uh, we're always like, all right, hey, try to find the path to Arlington until you get that third loss. If you get the third loss, then, hey, you're going to need a lot more help uh, than usual. And and I'm right there with you, and this wasn't on the outline, but I came out of the TCU game, which I, I was there for that one as well. I, you know, I went to a lot of road games. Uh, and even losing that game – in the fashion we did with, you know, at one point you're down to Jake Rubley. In the secondary, yeah. you know, you have all these guys out. You know, Daniel Green gets ejected for targeting, I think, in the third quarter, which I thought was going to have an impact on the Oklahoma State game. It did not. Um, all that stuff, I really came out of the TCU game even more emboldened thinking, yeah. you know, it took all this for TCU, who's looking really good, to yeah. beat us at home. I was like, all right, you know, mm-hmm. we, we can really do it. I want a rematch with them. Um, when you came out of that TCU game, um, at that point, you know, you're thinking, hey, maybe it will be Texas, maybe it will be TCU. But did you think, man, I, I would really want another shot at the, the, these guys? Because that was a rallying cry amongst K-State people on Twitter, mm-hmm. which you're not on, which I wish I wasn't. Yeah. Twitter's horrible. 
Um, but that was a rallying cry. Was that something that was kind of sneaking into your mind? Like, hey, I'd really like another shot at these guys. Oh, absolutely. It was a shame how we were just, you know, all, all of our quarterbacks, you know, it was just, you know, and, and I, I'll tell you this, I think, I think uh, Will Howard showed a lot of guts in, in that. In coming in that, back. In, yeah, he came back. But, he, but I tell you what, uh, uh, you felt like if we could have had just a healthy Will Howard that whole game, you know, that would have – we could have won that. So, yeah, I, I wanted another shot. Yeah, so speaking of Will Howard, the next game, I believe, was his first start um, of the year. Oklahoma State at home. Again, massive blowout, a, uh, a shutout. If you recall, I think I said as we're driving into that game, hey, if we win this game, you know, 56 to nothing, we have to get <laughs> tattoos. And then sure enough, granted, we didn't get to 56, but we did get the shutout. Yeah. Uh, what a fun game that was. The, the fans uh, rushed the field. I think Oklahoma State at that point was still ranked in the top 20. Mm-hmm. Uh, Will Howard has one of the most uh, efficient and high – uh, stat-wise games as a K-State quarterback in K-State quarterback history. How did you take in the Adrian Martinez versus Will Howard discourse throughout that year? Well, I, th- I thought uh, um, I thought the plan, having Adrian being our, uh, our starting quarterback, I, I liked it because I, I thought he was very athletic. He had, uh, you know, a, a pro-type uh, body and, and skills – if you re- remember early when we were uh, at some early home games and we were we watched the quarterbacks warm up and things like that. Adrian is fully extending on his on his throws, even the the intermediate routes. He kind of short armed it, which to me signified you know does he have like a shoulder or an elbow problem, something like that. Uh, so I was always a little kind of hesitant, fully embracing Adrian to begin with. Uh, after uh, the Oklahoma State game, when Will showed what he could do, I never thought he had a game like that in him, quite honestly, even though, you know, he, he had some flashes in, in the past. But boy, I was pretty excited uh, about Will Howard at that point being our, our quarterback. And I wondered if a fully Adrian uh, coming back, you know, what, what that would mean if he ever was fully healthy coming back, uh, you know, what would we do? But he never really, he never really did. Well, so that next week, the Texas game, uh, Adrian does play the entire game. And while he had some miscues, you know, it's the interception before half. Oh, right. Yeah. And then the fumble as we're trying to tie the game late. That's right. I forgot um, about that. Yeah, yeah. so, I and that was – he had a great, uh, you know, stat line outside of those turnovers. Um, but but I think, you know, that's the game that K-State fans kind of look at and say, oh, you know, what, what if it was Will Howard instead of Adrian Martinez? I'm of the opinion, especially the way the defense played that game, and quite frankly, the way we could not really stop their defensive front um, getting pressure, shutting down the running game. I don't think it personally makes a difference. Do, do you think, kind of looking back, seeing what Will Howard did the remainder of the season, hey, maybe that game could have gone differently if it was Will Howard instead of Adrian? Uh, I'm not sure Texas would have gone any differently. I, I kind of felt like that was our uh, toughest opponent of the whole year. 
And then sure enough, he, he does start that Baylor game, gets hurt. I, I think it, it was on a third or fourth down run. He gets hurt. Will Howard comes in, and then, you know, it's it's no looking back. You blow out Baylor. Uh, you have a game that should have been a bigger blowout, but you give up 31 points to West Virginia, but you score 48. Then that game versus KU, sure enough, you get that rematch with uh, Texas because, you know, TCU wins wins a squeaker versus Texas. Again, it, it could have very well gone the other way. It could have been Texas back in Arlington facing yeah. off TCU. But we get that game. We get to play uh, TCU. Uh, I'm coming off of a demoralizing loss at Butler uh, on a very fun trip. It, it was a very fun trip uh, getting to Indianapolis and then down to Texas. Um but my head was all over the place. I think I predicted us to win, but at that point, you know, TCU hadn't lost anyone. Um, you know, we were a little bit banged up with, uh, you know, Kobe Savage is out at that point. And little did we know, hey, you're going to have, you know, three cornerbacks go down and yeah. Keenan Garbers are going to be playing and all that stuff. But uh, leading up to that TCU game, TCU number three in the nation, Max Duggan, Heisman Trophy candidate, uh, they're going to the playoff. We're getting that rematch we wanted. What were you thinking in that week leading up to the game? Well, I wasn't supremely confident, if 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 that's what you mean. I, I thought we, you know, based upon the last matchup, and I think I, I think you can learn and, and and take a lot more from a previous matchup because there are certain matchups that that work well, uh, that work well in our favor, and uh, and I think. You know, Will Howard uh, was was playing very at a very high level at that point. Um, yeah, we had we still had some injuries to deal with, and had injuries to deal with during that game too. But but I I thought okay we, it, but you know part of it too is just getting there. You know uh, because I I didn't I didn't necessarily predict that at the beginning of the season, thinking oh yeah we're we're going to Arlington. I knew I, there was a path, uh, and. There's always going to be a path uh, for for a, a team, a, a middling team, you know, to get there if you can, you know, just get two or three losses in, in conference. So, uh, and we got there. And uh, I wouldn't say we backed into it or somebody helped us pull us in there like that. We earned it. Uh, so I was kind of happy to be there. But I thought we could win. Yeah, and then walk me through the emotions watching the game. I've talked about it a million times. Mm-hmm. I'm there. Some of the best seats I've ever had right Mm -hmm. behind K-State's bench, kind of uh, intertwined with some of the K-State families. I'm able to holler at Taylor Bratt during the game, before the game. Uh, Mm -hmm. Gene Taylor came up and talked before the game, all that type of stuff. But what was it like for you, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, watching at home? It's 11 a.m. kickoff, which I know you like. Mm -hmm. Um, So just kind of walk me through what watching that game was like uh, from your nerves and just your fan as uh, perspective as a fan getting that third Big 12 championship. Well, it was uh, it was wildly entertaining game. Uh, I think we started off pretty pretty well. I think uh, they got up early. I think we kind of settled right. into it, and then we got that lead uh, before yeah. halftime. Yeah, um, and and so it was it was a pretty good. It, you always felt like whenever we had the ball that we were we were able to move the ball and and to score. We had some really big plays. Um, in fact, I would maintain that there was a point in the game when I thought we were about ready to, to boat race them. Uh, I think we were up and they were punting the ball. It was a three and out. Three and out. Up 11. The defense was like riding a, a, a very high wave at that point. And uh, uh, Brooksy 
uh, fumbled the ball. And at that point, then they, they scored uh, immediately. And then, because we were up by two scores. I think up, up 11, I believe yeah. it was. And it felt like, uh, you know, if we, if we field that punt and we march down and score a touchdown, I mean, we're up like 17 or 18 points at that point. And I thought, game over. Uh, but then we had the turnover. They scored. They, then they had the momentum. And then at that point, you know, the, you started, they must have had two different cameras uh, on the, the TCU faithful, uh, the hypnotodes. Uh, you know, we, we started to see that, like that was like, okay, their, their mojo is now taking over. This is what they do. They're not afraid being behind. They're behind like half Every their games. Game. I think it was even more than yeah. half. I mean. And, uh, and it's like, okay, here they come. Here they come, and uh, but I still felt like you know well if we keep our composure and we and, still had that deuce touchdown and at that point I'm like all right back up yeah. eleven well and and you know uh, that was just one of the most beautiful touchdown runs that you'll ever see I mean you talk about breaking ankles out there man he he was he was amazing that it's got, I'm gonna miss seeing Deuce Vaughn for yeah. sure. Then the Topeka kid kicks a field goal, yeah. Big 12 champions again. and Well, the, you know, the overtime. Well, that, that goal line stand. Yeah, I mean, that was, that was amazing. And, and you knew when they had the ball, what was it, second? No, it was third and third. Third, well, so on the second down, it was, it was a broken play. Well, first off, they, they got a first down. It was right inside the 10, which sets everything up. Yeah. I think they do like a run pick up a couple yards. It's a broken play. Max Duggan's kind of scrambling around, running towards the goal line. They think he's in. They call him short. I think they review that play. Then it's the uh, handoff with a fumble, the the stupid aerial shot that was at an angle. They say, no, not in. And then the third one, Eli Huggins, uh, big old Uso. Actually, Uso got hurt on the play before. But, yeah, that goal line sand just – Yeah. And and then at that point, when it's it's like, oh – they held no points. It's just like game over. I mean, because uh, you trust the field goal kicker that much. Well, yeah, and and you're and you're like you know all they really have to do is maybe pick up a first down to make it more of a relative chip shot. Because Zetner was like like perfect. Uh, he did not miss a single kick. I mean, he was like he was nails. You yeah. know, uh, during that whole time, he, what a weapon he was. Definitely. Okay. Uh, so yeah, and and I'll never, I'll always remember when he came running out onto the field and he was just smiling. It was just like we got this. Yeah. All right. So now looking forward to this upcoming year, uh, you're losing a lot of talent, uh, but there's this belief in Bill or in uh, Chris Kleiman. There's a relief or belief in Will Howard. Uh, you, you have some guys coming back on defense. You have the entire offensive line coming back. Uh, DJ Giddens, Trayshawn Ward transferring in, Keegan Johnson transferring in. Year two under uh, Colin Klein, who decided to spurn Texas A&M, spurn Notre Dame to be the offensive coordinator. Uh, What is the minimum? What is that baseline we have to get to for you to call this season a success? Yeah, I've been thinking about that. Uh, You know, I think the the bottom of that – if you talk baseline, would be like eight wins in the in the regular season, uh, and that would be 
you know, in my estimation, three non-con and, and five uh, conference wins. And that seems, when I, when I think about it, that seems kind of maybe a little low. Uh, I'd like to see us at least nine and three uh, in, uh, in regular season. Yeah. And is uh, there like a measuring stick game that, where you look at like, all right, you know, th- this is the game. We, we win this one. You know, we, we go that nine and three. I'm feeling really good. Well, there's two. I, I think in, in the non-con, we got to win at Missouri. Oh, we have to. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, again, when you listen to Kansas City sports talk and everything, I mean, there, there's, uh, there's, I think a lot of Missouri fans look at that as their, their early game that they need. Well, if you listen to Seren Petro, they're ready to compete with Alabama if they can just find a fucking quarterback. <laughs> Sorry. I, yeah. I know mom's going to love hearing that yeah. F-bomb. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, and, and then I, I think, you know, TCU at home is, is one that I uh, uh, kind of, when I looked at the schedule, I mean, because we don't play Texas, right? Correct. Or yeah. no, we, we're at Texas late in the season. Okay. Or mid, mid to late. But I like that TCU one because I, you, you feel like it's going to be us and TCU, maybe us and Baylor kind of jockeying for, uh, you know, that, that year in, year yeah. out. If some generic jabroni is talking Big 12 football, hey, I'll just I'll just put them as number one in the conference. Right, 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 yeah. But, yeah, I kind of I looked at that TCU game at home as, as one that is, is going to be a measuring stick because I, I think they'll still be good. Yeah, so I'll ask you this. Way too early prediction. If you had to put it out there, are you going nine and three? Uh, yes, if I my prediction and you can mark it down is nine and three. I think last year when you asked me this question, I think I I was either eight and four or nine and three. I can't yeah, remember. Yeah, I, I think you were eight and four. Yeah, um, I think it was eight and four. Yeah, but I didn't expect one of those losses to be uh, Tulane no, either. No, so no. So. Well, now we have to play Troy. Yeah. Also, so it's like oh uh, yeah yeah it's not it's not a, a, a you know a gimme. SEC uh, non-con no, schedule. No, it's, it, it is not. We have to – well, and heck, even SEMO, top 10 in FCS. I wish we'd just stop playing this. Let's play, like, just the drubs. Let's yeah. play Missouri State, who's way worse. Yeah. Um, let's play not Troy. <laughs> yeah. mean, oh, man. But, you know, we'll be getting there, and before you know it, it'll be Blitz Month, and yeah. we'll have all sorts of previews. Before we get going to talk about Jerome Tang, if you want to celebrate this great season that we had, head over to Manhattan Brewing Company and get a Tang Time uh, Sour. Absolutely delicious. Townie Wheat, the tailgate beer of the season. Second straight season, the 785. All sorts of great beers. I promise you, whether you're just you know a typical light uh, beer drinker or a craft beer aficionado, your new favorite beer is at Manhattan Brewing Company waiting for you. I think you asked me last year mm-hmm. yeah. what beer you would like. I, I said the Townie or the 785. I think you would absolutely love. And I've not tried either one, so. Well, that's I think, my. F- I think there might be a. We we a, have some here, so we're gonna have to change that. I think I have a seven eight five and a townie. Yeah. Here. Yeah. Well, maybe if you want to hit pause, I'll run down and grab it. But it's only ten in the morning. It's only so ten in the morning. Yeah, probably and, better not. And I've gone away from drinking beer before noon on the podcast. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> but, you know, I, I, I promise anyone listening, they're at liquor stores all throughout the state, including Topeka, where I currently am, including Johnson County. They had a tap ta- t- uh, takeover at the bar on at, at, at in Mission. Uh, absolutely fun event. So be sure you're following them on social media to find out all their fun events. Manhattan Brewing Company, the best craft brewery, hell, the best brewery in the state of Kansas. Um, let's talk about basketball uh, real quick. Um, what a season. And, and I, I think when Keontae Johnson got picked up, I think a lot of folks are like, all right, this could be an NCAA tournament team. But I don't think anyone thought, okay, at two different points in the season, you're thinking, hey, could, could we win a share of the Big 12 uh, title? And I don't think anyone was predicting us to go to the Elite Eight. Um, so we, we – well, I should have read my own uh, outline. Uh, actually, I'm just going to switch it up. At what point in the season did you think, hey, this could be a special team? Well, uh, I mean, we had a really successful non-con season uh, when you th- look at wins and losses. I mean, we just had the one – Butler loss, right? Yeah, yep. Uh, enjoyed the the Cayman Island uh, tournament. Didn't necessarily think that was a stacked uh, 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 group of, of teams necessarily that were going to be like Final Four teams in there. But you know, it was some Power Five teams, legitimate teams, uh, and they were really, really fun to watch. But even coming through that, I was just like, well, that was fun. Non-con, boy, we've got the conference coming up. What's that going to be like? Well, we won our first three conference games. First four. Correct. Yeah, first four conference games. And at that point, when you're 4-0, it's kind of like the football season. You start thinking, okay, we've got four in hand now, you know, and we've got, what, an 18-game season. So – Truly a gauntlet, man. <laughs> yeah, and it, and it's just like, well, having those four in hand and winning on the road, uh, you know what? We we could have a pretty successful season. You know, no reason not to think we can't finish top half. I didn't think we could win a conference championship at that point yet, but I thought this is this is definitely going to be a, a better team than what I anticipated. But boy, some early close games. You know, a couple overtime games at home early. And, you know, had they gone differently, that could have really uh, changed the tide uh, of the conference. Yeah, and that Baylor game on the road uh, as well was overtime because I just pulled it up. Uh. Overtime games this year, West Virginia at Baylor, KU at home, uh, and then, yeah, Michigan State as well. Yeah. Man. What 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 a run! And we you got into Bramlage a lot more. Well, hell, so did I. I had season tickets for the first time in, mm-hmm. uh, since uh, that last big. Oh, did I have it the year after the Big Twelve Championship? I can't remember. But we got in there, and and how fun was it to kind of see Bramlage get back to its former glory? I think the first game you went to, it was after the Alabama loss in the Sugar Bowl, um, and it, the students weren't really there. It was a different type of crowd, but it was a full crowd. Yeah. Um, and then again, I think we, we get you to the KU game. We get to the Texas game, the Iowa State game, all sorts of amazing atmospheres. What was it like kind of feeling that, you know, emotion and that atmosphere inside Bramlage Coliseum again? Oh, it was it was great. It was special. And, you know, we'd gone for so, so many uh, years and, and periods of time when – you didn't have that, you know, that 
that point where it's it's so loud that it almost you almost kind of like it doesn't hurt, but you know it's just so loud and you feel it. Your whole body feels the uh, you know the 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 loudness in in the Bramlage. The doom is is definitely back. And then you know like during that KU game, it just moments when the hair on your arm actually stands up. It's such a such an electric feeling in in uh, in the stadium. It's just really really cool. And that was your first time seeing K State beat KU in Bramlage. Yes, I, you, you've you saw you've seen it in. Uh, Ahern, I think you've seen it in Allen Fieldhouse. You maybe have seen it a time or two in Kansas City, but you're finally able to see it in Bramlage. Going back to that game, again, what a wild game. What a classic game. Uh, you have some of these moments with the, uh, you know, the miss right at the end of regulation. The dunk that does kind of put you over. It kind of turns into a foul fest late, but that yep. final defensive stand what was that game like? And, and I imagine it's probably atmosphere-wise, probably up there in one of the more wild uh, atmospheres you've experienced, uh, definitely in Bramlage and maybe yeah. at college basketball as a whole. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. I mean, it, it certainly, uh, as far as atmosphere goes, it, it, I don't think it, w- it is matched ever in any other game I've been in, in Bramlage, for sure. You know, Ahern... <laughs> it was a pretty special place and it had, you know, just aesthetically, uh, you know, had many things going for it and, and you know, acoustics, uh, very, very loud, you know, uh, special moments in, in Ahern for sure. But, uh, as far as Bramlage, that was probably the best atmosphere. As far as that game goes, I mean, there were at least two moments in regulation and in overtime when I thought, oh, well, here it goes again. We're going to lose. It felt like we're going to lose, but it just didn't happen. And part of it was, you know, what our players did on the court, and part of it was what KU did Yeah, well. And, well. And, and I think, you know, the, the thing for Bill Self for the longest time is what he does out of timeouts, all this type of stuff. It was Jerome Tang who dominated yeah. that game coming out of timeouts. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and he showed that time and time again throughout the whole year. Oh, yes. Yeah, it, it was such a f- super fun season. Again, all those games. Again, I, I actually think one of the more fun games was the Iowa State game. Again, probably closer than it should have been at home, but kind of going with the uh, old women from central Kansas right next to us who uh, were cheering on the walk-on uh, you know, from Kansas on Iowa State, but being able to get that one. Uh, again, the Texas game, while – it was a meltdown we lost. I think that was the most dejected I was, like, in the car coming home from a game. But just mm-hmm. such a fun season. And you go on that magical run. Um, let, let's talk about the positives beforehand. That Michigan State overtime game, all-time classic. Getting to beat Kentucky and see yeah. Calipari turn into a petulant child again. <laughs> uh, amazing. The Montana State game where I think, you know, Noel sets NCAA records with assists. How much fun was that? those three games in that 10 day period from Mm -hmm. tipping off like the final game of day uh, two of the Mm -hmm. NCAA tournament up until winning that sweet 16 game. How fun was that 10 days? Oh, it was, it was magical. And it just, you know, we just haven't as, as K-State fans, we haven't experienced a run in the NCAA tournament like that very frequently. It just doesn't happen. 
I mean, what, three times in your life? Yep. And, and then uh, Kruger only did it once. Again, yeah. it's, it's Kruger did it once. Frank did it once. Bruce did it once. And now Jerome Tang's done it once. Yeah. I mean, and that's, that's too few. I mean, but it also shows how hard it is. I mean, sometimes some of the, you know, number one and two seeds get knocked off in the first weekend. Well, hell, I mean, well, yes, that's good. But I mean, not even the one you're referencing, but I mean, for the second time in our lives, we've seen a one seed go down and and yes, it was, it was in our bracket, blah, 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 blah. We would have beat Purdue. We would have kicked Purdue's ass. So I'm not worried about that, but Mm -hmm. it's just, it's just kind of wild to see kind of. Uh, the parody in modern college basketball. So even if you're a one seed that loses with a massive home court advantage in the second round to a meddling SEC team that finished 500 in the SEC, um, it it does happen more often now than it used to. You know what was different about uh, our run to the Elite Eight this year is that we became kind of a darling for the first time, I've never in my life, like, I mean, uh, the, Bill he, Snyder teams were never darlings because the media hated him. And even like this past football season, yeah, we won the Big 12, but everything's focused on top four, top four, top four. Yeah. yeah. And and we had the, the Keontae Johnson uh, story, which is really a cool story, you know, his his uh, heart issues and being away from the game. And he's going to be a second round draft pick here in a couple weeks. Yeah. And, and you know, Tang, you know, taking a chance on him and, and bringing him in. And he just had such a terrific season, so solid. But then uh, uh, Marquise Noel, you know, him just kind of taking over this this bigger-than-life personality, uh, you know, much bigger than his frame, you know, and he's such this mighty, uh, uh, mighty mouse-type player that he had such a – infectious personality and then he just goes off he just basically at moments in games just says hey we're, we're going we're going to win and I'm gonna I'm gonna take us there you know just having these tremendous games yeah and it truly was amazing again becoming the media darling and I don't know if we will ever have a duo who truly is that good Ever again. I, I, I made these comments, and some folks, I think, tried to make it take it as me saying, oh, we can never be good under Jerome Tang uh, because we'll never have a duo like this. That is not what I was trying to say, and I, I caught some heat from this. But in the history of K-State, it's like happened like one other time where we had two guys be honored as All-Americans. It's only happened, I think, a handful of other times where we've had two guys on the first team All-Big 12 on the same team. We may never see a one-two punch as good as Keontae Johnson and Marquise Noel. Yeah, that's very possible. Yeah, I mean, granted, I think you're going to see a lot deeper teams. Yeah, I mean, Naquan Tomlin was your number three scorer last year. Very inconsistent. Desi Sills wasn't even a starter number three on your team in minutes. Yeah, but, uh, but Desi was key. Oh, massive moments. Yeah, yeah he did. Gosh, it, if only he had like an extra one more year. Yeah. I mean, that would have been amazing. And, and just that team, before we kind of talk about the sour note, one of the only moments that were sour this past season. Uh, college sports have changed, basketball especially, but were you surprised how kind of emotionally connected you got to a lot of these guys, none of which were, uh, you know, recruited, started their season at K-State? Uh, Dorian Finister is the only guy who started his career at K-State who actually had any minutes this yeah. past year. And he didn't play like the final 20 games of the season. Yeah. Um, 
is it kind of like, hey, winning, you're, you're going to get attached to the guys winning? Is it, hey, the, the media team does a good job allowing you to get to know these guys? Uh, but were you just surprised how emotionally invested you got in guys like Desi, like Keontae, yeah. guys that seriously, 30 games and you'll never see him again? Yeah, I, I was a little surprised, but part it kind of starts with uh, Jerome Tang because for the most part, I mean, there's a few moments where I'm just kind of like, really? But he, he's so genuine and engaging and he just you just can't help but really like the guy you know um i mean in in my estimation oh and and i think 99 percent of people agree but then you look at the personalities uh, I, i think jerome allows these guys personality to come out i don't think he puts a lot of restriction on them other than i i think i think he does recruit a a type of player that fits the culture, the, the culture of, of what he's trying to put out there, which is make, makes sense. I mean, uh, but you know, the personality of these guys, you know, like Tomlin, for example. I mean, it, what a what a great guy oh, to he, watch his emotions out there on the court, and and you know him having a good time, and when he has a big play, and you know they're just celebrating. He got this big smile on his face, and and Marquise Noel. I mean, uh, let's face it, he was nothing more than a role player you know, before this year. I mean, really. I mean, Yeah, I mean, well, I think he was the second leading scorer, uh, but it was a bad team. Yeah. Uh, but, and it was Nigel Pack's team. Right. So, yeah. No, I, I agree with you. And, and what, what an amazing season it was, which kind of makes that Elite Eight game just tougher to swallow. You know, it's, it's an absurdly long losing streak. Yeah. Um, we were wearing the white jerseys. I think this is four straight losses. Uh, wearing white jerseys, dating back to 88 where we're the higher seed. Um, how the bracket ended up working out, we would have worn white jerseys every single game, including the <laughs> national championship. I don't think there will ever be as blessed of a uh, path if you look at just seeds yeah. to get to a national championship ever again. And and I, I think that loss is going to haunt me uh, for my entire life as a K-State fan until we – win a national championship or go to a national championship. How do you kind of balance the highs with that game? I, I actually feel like I have been able to uh, cope with that, that loss to FAU uh, a little bit better than, than what was described. Uh, I, I didn't have the expectation going into the postseason that uh, we were going to uh, make it to the Elite Eight. What I was hoping for was to make it to the second weekend, and you know we did that. And then uh, making it to that game, uh, you really felt like you you could, you know, the the path was the the table was set, the path was there. We're p- playing a a team that uh, is is seated well below us. Uh, you hate to miss out on those opportunities. Yes. But it was a it was a magical season, a magical postseason. Uh, I've been able to get beyond the fact that we lost that. I don't think it's going to haunt me uh, as much as as it's haunting you. Yeah, sorry, I was trying to harness Chauncey and get him going. Yeah. Uh, and and that's probably a healthier way to look at it. I I just you know three straight. Luckily, I didn't go. I thought about going to New York City. Yeah. Uh, and that would have been a repeat of what I did for Atlanta. 
Um, oh, that would have killed me. Well, let me let me say this. It's probably the hardest game to lose in the whole tournament. I would say almost maybe the hardest game to lose in all of college sports at this point. Because if you win that, you know, you you get to cut down a trophy or yeah. net. You yeah. get to uh, win a trophy. Well, I think that's even harder than losing the national championship. And, and then, well, because I mean, you even get to celebrate being in the final four. I mean, they used to play a uh, consolation game in the Final Four, but the fact that you made it to the Final Four is banner-worthy. Well, yeah, you're a and, regional champion. Yeah, and uh, and making it to the and making it to the Sweet Sixteen is is kind of noteworthy, you know. But making it to the Elite Eight is like, yeah. it, it's okay. But uh, if you lose that game, it's just like, well, you just missed out. Yeah, yeah, it's it sucks. I, I do think Jerome Tang is going to be the guy who gets us to the Final Four. I don't know if it's going to be this upcoming year, um, but what do you think he can accomplish? And then, you know, kind of similar to what I said, what what is the minimum for a success you want to see this upcoming basketball year? Well, I was I was uh, I was kind of freaking out, which I I probably shouldn't have, but it felt like you know we weren't really making a lot of inroads in the on the portal until we signed the Perry kid from North Texas. And then the uh, Creighton, uh, yep. Uh, Arthur Kaluma. Kaluma. He likes to go by art. Art Kaluma. Okay. Um, that just seemed that, that just, that is the type of player that I used to think we couldn't match up well against Baylor, you know, just a, a long, you know, athletic six, seven, six, eight guy, uh, and this guy has some skills too. I mean, he he can he can score the ball. He can rebound the ball. Uh, it feels like we're filling it up. I think we're one, maybe one player away, uh, key player away from uh, really having what I would term, you know, at least a mid to upper half um, finish in in conference play. I mean, that's kind of what I'm I'm hoping that becomes more the 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 expectation that we're going to be finishing the top five of, of the conference. It's only going to get tougher with Houston coming to town yep. and Cincinnati has a pedigree. BYU has been good at times. And I think kind of getting rid of Oklahoma, which has been nah, you know, over the last 10 years, Lana's yeah. had some good years, but they've been eh. and yeah. Texas. I mean, yeah. I think Texas is rolling right now, but I think realistically looking at next year's, season what what i'm expecting what i what it feels like is that we we kind of be somewhere between bubble team and maybe a solidly in uh, at about a seven seed yeah i think we're right now i think we're at like in my opinion a seven or six seed because i'm i think kaluma is going to be great but if, if we can grab like one more like guard an experienced guard yep uh I, I think we could maybe contend for the Big 12. So yep. it's, it, it could be another special season. And remember, every special summer night starts at Manhattan Brewing Company. If you want a magical summer night, crack open a delicious beer from Manhattan Brewing Company. Enjoy it. And every time you're in Manhattan, check out the best tap room in the state. Get it straight from the source. Manhattan Brewing Company, they're effing great. That's my tagline, not theirs. They're more creative. All right, uh, let's have the conversation. Um, it's been had a lot. 
I'm always going to be biased because I was I got to experience it in college. Uh, 2012-2013 versus 2022-2023. Kate, uh, I mean, winning the Big 12 in football and basketball, uh, I think the knock is early exit, first-round exit in basketball. Um, there's some other sports. You know, baseball won the Big 12 championship. Uh, volleyball made the NCAA tournament. I, I, I don't think that really – I think maybe for some folks who really love college baseball – that's a factor. Those are more tertiary fringe things uh, for me. But this year, again, the excitement around, uh, I think maybe what folks point to is, okay, yes, this season was great, plus the excitement for the future. I think Bill Snyder, I think folks were always kind of weary with his age uh, in 2.0. Some folks never really brought, bought into Bruce even after that Big 12 championship. Um, where do you come down on these two seasons versus each other? Because I think mm-hmm. they are the best. I, I don't think there's anything beyond these two seasons that you could argue best combo seasons in K-State sports history. Yeah, well, it's it's so hard. Uh, I have recency bias. Um, there was a, a pro football team in Kansas City that won a Super Bowl this year as well in between all of this, uh, which if you take – that into consideration, uh, there's no question it's this year. Uh, but that's not the question. Uh, I think the, the football title in 12 meant more because it was a round robin. They, they won it outright. Actually, Oklahoma got a trophy that year uh, as well. They ended up tying. But we beat But them. we did beat them, yes. So uh, in, in a real tiebreaker sense – that was ours. Yes. Uh, so, okay, I'm to be corrected again. Yeah. Uh, but the point being is that it was it was earned by winning yeah. by every no, game. No one could argue that yeah. we didn't deserve that. Yeah. One. And you know we it was a battle, but we deserved to be in the championship game this year. And the fact that we played an opponent that was undefeated and that beat us earlier uh, made it made it, uh, I think, all the sweeter so that it felt like we kind of proved our worth by coming, earning our spot in there and beating the best team. Yeah. Though I thought, I, I, I do think at that time, at least as far as our opponents goes, I would argue Texas was a better was the better team. Yeah, or at least the more talented team. Well, and certainly as far as us matching up yeah. with them, it we felt like... We did not like, match up well no, with them. No, we, we did not, so... Uh, so there's, there's that winning a big 12 basketball title is hard. Uh, especially when, you know, you, you have the likes of, of KU, uh, in there that basically they win it every, every year. And the fact that we won it and they, they did not. They did in 2012, the second Bruce one, we broke their streak. Okay. Okay. So, so the 2012, 2013 year, that was the year we blew our shot to win it outright by losing to Oklahoma State. Oh, we tied with KU yeah, that and KU year? lost to Baylor. Okay, okay, okay. I got I well, got confused. No, there, yeah, there's yeah. no need to apply. I mean, Bruce again, yeah. multiple Big Twelve titles. I mean, yeah. it's tough to keep track yeah. of all the good stuff about Bruce. Well, uh, because you know he was a winner. Yeah, outside mm-hmm. of the final three years, and then. The other two years where he weren't, wasn't really good. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, yeah. so um, yeah, I 
I, I guess when you, when I'm just if I'm just looking at at the at the lens of of just K State and can't really slip the the Chiefs championship in there, um, I don't know. I it just felt like with the the postseason run with the basketball team this year. I mean that that kind of supersedes the even though they won the the conference title, they had the early exit. Yeah. You know, in in the in the so I'm, I guess I'm going to say this year. And most people agree with you. I, I'm in the minority, but again, I think it's because I got to experience it in college. Otherwise, yeah. I might be thinking different. Uh, you aler- uh, alluded to it. Um, ever since the dad pod took over, it coincides with the Patrick Mahomes era. So uh, another Chief Super Bowl, uh, another appearance, uh, three out of four years appearances, two out of four years winning it hosting the AFC championship game for the fifth straight time. Um, I mean, how, how much fun was that one? And, and what kind of distinguishes this Super Bowl from the first Patrick Mahomes Super Bowl? Well, the, it, there is a distinction because uh, the, the first Mahomes Super Bowl, the, the uh, 54, um, we hadn't won it in 50 years. It was in my lifetime, uh, but it had been so long. It just seemed like such a big relief. Uh, this was a little bit more of a, uh, this year's was a little bit more of a, you know, I kind of expected to, to win it. And it was, it was uh, um, maybe a little bit more of a celebration of the body of work that is Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, Mahomes um, and Andy Reid. And Andy, yeah. well, yeah, yeah. Obviously, Andy Reid as well. Um, but, you know, having the question about, uh, on you, you asked me about, is this a dynasty? Yeah, is it a dynasty? I, I have trouble uh, thinking that a five-year period is a, is a dynasty. It's certainly a mini-dynasty. It's what dynasties are made of. Uh, it feels like there needs to be just a little bit more for it to be. If, if they got that one versus Brady and the Bucks, would would that be? Would that have been enough? Because that would have been back to back, one off, and then yes. So if we go back to back this year, would you? If we do Dad Pod in twenty twenty four, which you'll have at least one more appearance. If the show does end, we'll have you on one more time. We'll have to at least be on after the West Virginia football. Yes, game, right? yes, yeah. Oh wait, do. Do we play West Virginia? I don't know if we play West Virginia this year. I'm not sure. I'm not totally um, sure. Well, I'll, I'll have to check. But yeah. uh, I, that would be amazing. I think that's one of the last things for them to kind of check off because um, with the Chiefs now, with getting that second one, that kind of validates the first one because some folks try to say, oh, it's a fluke, blah, 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 blah. That validates it. Now it is, okay, it is legacy building for Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, and the Chiefs as a whole. You know, you're sitting on three, getting every Super Bowl from here on out just raises the profile of the coaches, the players, and the franchise. Right. Um, so I I just, I mean, if you can get that back-to-back, you get that third one, uh, the, the next one would give us more than anyone else in the division Super Bowl wins because I believe the Raiders have three, the right. Broncos have two. Um, I think the Broncos would still have more appearances than us, but we would go beyond the Raiders and appearances. I, I, I just think one more, especially if it's a back-to-back, yeah. man, that would, that would just be something. Yeah, just a, uh, just 
what two or three that have ever won back to back. I know, I know that uh, well, the Broncos did, the Patriots, Cowboys, Steelers, Steelers, 49ers. Okay, so okay. I think that's it. But there's not a ton. No, it, I, it doesn't happen very often, no. and it's been like. 20 years yes. since it's happened. So it, yeah. th- that is going to be a fun one. Um, it's going to be really hard, though. I mean, ev- I mean, everybody's been, you know, uh, building their rosters to beat the Chiefs. Yeah, and, and what a fun world it is. I asked mom this. Uh, did you ever think you would live to see the day where the Chiefs become the villains of the NFL? Now, I don't know if we're quite there 100% yet, but it's getting close. Yeah. I think Patrick Mahomes is a loved player in the NFL but folks are starting to be like all right we hate how good he is and he was catching some heat for his uh reply to Jamar Chase with the uh that's who with the with the phone and the two rings yeah I think some folks were not happy that uh, Travis Kelsey spiked a fake Lombardi trophy I think some folks are starting to get annoyed uh, and I think we will see the day where the Chiefs are the villains of the NFL because they're so good. Did you ever think you'd see that day? No, I didn't. I mean, it just seems so far away, you know. And to be that team, you have to have a top-notch quarterback and supporting cast that, uh, you know, virtually every season you know they are a Super Bowl contender. And I just, I mean, we had never been that team. Yeah, and it's amazing. I'll have one either-or question for you before we kind of uh, wrap up here. Um, What's going to happen first? The Chiefs don't win the AFC West, or the Kansas City Royals make the playoffs? Ah, good question. Um, Which will happen first? Yes. Someone other than the Chiefs win the division – or the Royals make the playoffs. Keep in mind, there are three wild card teams now in Major League Baseball. Yeah, it's easier to make the playoffs than it used to be in baseball. But I think we are at least three, probably four years away from making the playoffs in baseball. So the Royals least, will make the playoffs first, then. Um, That's my prediction. I don't know when, unless Mahomes gets hurt. Well, and that can happen. It, I yes, mean, but, I mean, Shane Bouchelle, baby. Or no, uh, who'd we, uh, no, uh, was it? The, the old Missouri Bortles, guy, Gab, uh, Gabbard. Gabbard. Blaine Gabbard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he could, he could see the ship through a couple games anyway. I mean, if Mahomes had a, a season-ending injury in the first third of the, of the season. I then, still think we could get a wild card. I know that wasn't the question. No, you said division. I know. Uh, I'm going to say... I'm, I'm going to go opposite. I'm going to say we will not win the division in the next – there will be a time in the next four years we do not win the division. Because I think, I think that's probably the next time the Royals might, might make the playoffs. And even then – It's got to be at least four years, right? Three, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't see a scenario where it's before 2027. It can happen relatively quick, but the problem with the Royals is, is that if you look at their farm system, it it's is the worst, empty. Worst in baseball. Yeah, so there's no hope for the immediate future. No, there's none. Uh, oh, well. Yeah. That, that's all we're going to do for uh, Dad Pod. Uh, what do you want to tell the Boneheads? Well, I want to, once again, uh, thank you for having me on uh, this, uh, 
this time of the year. I really enjoy being on the on the dad pod. I, I think you do a wonderful job. You and Grant did a wonderful job. You've done a wonderful job. Um, it was a great uh, year of K-State sports. Enjoyed, uh, you know, the daily pods because, uh, you know, when your team's doing well and things are exciting, you want you want content. You want to hear that discussion and that banter back and forth. That's that's uh, that was a lot of fun. Uh, happy Father's Day to all of you out there. And one thing I want to say to all of you uh, dads and, and men in general, uh, be sure to take your annual uh, wellness visit to your doctors. Get those uh, uh, labs done. Uh, if, you, if you're experiencing any health issues, uh, uh, let's find out early and have early intervention, everyone. There we go. All right, another dad pod in the books. Uh, that's all we have, folks. There might be a midweek uh, show this week. Uh, otherwise, I think, you know, I'm going to tease it. Hopefully, we have a fun guest to wrap up the month of June before we start ramping stuff up in July. So, I hope all the dads had a great Father's Day. I hope everyone is having a great kickoff to summer. I consider the start of summer June, even though, it, what, like, it's officially like June 24th or something. Yeah. June 21st. I, I don't know. Uh, I hope everyone's having a good one. And uh, yeah, for, for my dad, for Chauncey, the best dog in the world, for all the dads out there, we love you guys and go cats. It's time to get set for the cat attack. Network.